Remain standing for the reading of God's word found in John 17, verses 20 through 26. If you want to follow along in your Bibles, if not, it is printed for you in your bulletin. God's word given to us says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me, because you loved me before the foundations of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. The word of the Lord. Father, the one who sent Jesus, we come to you this morning, and we just ask a special blessing through this word, that you would come and meet us where we're at, you would come and reveal to us your truth, the good news and the gospel for us here in John. We're so thankful for the way that you worked then, that you have worked in history, and the way you are working now, and promise to continue to work as we leave this place. So, Lord, come and be with Steve. May you fill him up. May you grant him the Holy Spirit this morning as he brings us your word. We pray this in Christ's beautiful name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. A list of words that are careless and overused and misused. I'll string them all together here. Honestly, literally, I can't even. Just saying, at the end of the day, my bad, irregardless, it is what it is, you know. Overused, misused, right? We've all used those words. How many of you have ever given a toast at a wedding or spoke at a funeral? Any of you? A lot of you have done that? Well, when you did that, did you, did you just wing it? I mean, you don't normally, on an important occasion like that, you're kind of careful about the words that you put together. I've, I've spoken at a lot of funerals and a lot of weddings and, and uh, baptisms and all of those things. And uh, those are important occasions and they're significant moments. And significant moments demand significant words. You don't just, you're not just flip, you're not just careless, you're, you're, you're thoughtful. Significant moments demand significant words. And John 17 is certainly a significant moment. 
In John 17, Jesus is coming to the end. He's coming to the end of that time, uh, that, that special time that he's had in the upper room where his, his uh, disciples have been gathered together. He spent that time with them. He's coming to the end of his teaching ministry, to the end of his discipleship ministry. He's coming to the end of his life. He's headed toward uh, an arrest and a trial and a crucifixion and a burial and a resurrection and an ascension into heaven. And he's leaving his disciples behind. So the final words that he speaks with his disciples as they're gathered together are in chapters 13 to 17. And we've been looking at that in the last number of weeks. And so chapter 17 are his final, final words. And then verses 20 to 26 are his final, final, final words. So I mean, this, this is it for those disciples who were gathered there. This is a significant moment and it demands significant words. And no surprise, the final significant words are a prayer. So we've been looking at that for the last two weeks, but let's see what we can learn from uh, the last part of this prayer. Again, we, we get to eavesdrop into, think about this, we get to eavesdrop into Jesus' prayer to the Father. Now in this case, eavesdropping is okay. Because that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be listening in and hearing this prayer. So turn to John 17, starting at verse 20. Significant words at this very significant moment. Now, the whole prayer of chapter 17, it's usually divided up into three sections. And that's why we've had three sermons on it. So the first part, verses 1 to 5, Jesus is praying for himself. The second part, verses 6 to 19, Jesus is praying for, for his disciples that are gathered there specifically. And now, what we're looking at this morning, verses 20 to 26, Jesus is praying for all believers. So that's what we're looking at, final section of his final prayer with his disciples. And I don't know, as you read these words, do you find, this, you find these words a little strange? I mean, I mean, as you read it, does it seem a little strange to you? I mean, these are only seven verses, but there's 22 prepositions, and there's 51 pronouns. I mean, these few verses are all prepositions and pronouns. There's hardly anything else. I mean, there's a lot of me and you and I and them and you and me and, right? I mean, so this is the Bible, so we hold it carefully and sacredly. But if it wasn't in the Bible, if we heard words like that in another context, we might think that's a little out there in me, you, and all that. So it seems a little strange, and yet we know that's the Word of God, and we know that it's important, but it's especially important because it's a prayer, and a prayer reveals the heart. So this prayer, and especially on this occasion, reveals the heart of Jesus. So do you want to know what's important to Jesus? Then listen to this final prayer. Do you want to align your heart with his heart? Then 
Listen to this. Do you want to align your prayers with his prayer? Then we need to pay attention to this. So turn to your notes. And here's our main idea this morning. The relationship within the Godhead is so glorious that Jesus wants the world to be brought into the middle of it to enjoy it. And this is reflected in two prayer requests from Jesus. Did you get that? A little lofty, I have to admit, but let's get into it. So in your outline, uh, the two requests are reflected in your outline. So prayer request number one is verse 20 and 21, in which Jesus says, I ask. And then prayer request number two is in verse 24, in which Jesus says, I desire. So two requests, I ask, I desire. So point number one, prayer request number one, all right, verses 20 and 21, I ask for what? you got to fill in the blank. I ask for what? Now, what's the first prayer request? In fact, as you read that whole passage, what one word comes to mind? Give me a word. Unity, right? Isn't that a word that comes to mind? I'm using the word oneness, but unity or oneness. I ask for oneness. I ask for oneness, Jesus is praying. Verse 20, he says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Now, for those of you who are note takers, under prayer request number one, uh, I'm going to give you three subpoints. Very easy, who, what, and why. So, uh, the who of the prayer request, the what of the prayer request, and the why of this first prayer request, okay? So the who we see in verse 20. In this prayer, Jesus has been, previous to this, he's been praying specifically for his uh, 11 disciples that he has been with for like three years. So that's who he was praying for. But now as we come to verse 20, now who is he praying for? Right, he's praying for us. Uh, you remember Lori Nelson. Uh, the last few times that I visited Lori Nelson before she died, last, that last several times, in her final days, Lori would say to me, so, uh, so how's Chris? Uh, I, I, my wife, uh, how, if, you, if you don't know. Uh, how's, how's Chris? Uh, I've, been, I've been thinking a lot about Chris lately. And so I went home and I told Chris that. I said, I said, you know, Lori said that she's been thinking a lot about you lately. And it's kind of like, really? I mean, like, she's, she's last in her last days. I mean, she's a lot, a lot going on, and she's thinking about, thinking about me. It's like, and here we have it. Jesus is, Jesus is at the end of his life. And just think, he has come to accomplish heaven's mission for the world. Tomorrow, he's going to be executed 41 days from now, he's going to leave everything in earth and he's going to ascend into heaven. So these are huge things, huge things that are going on in Jesus' life and in the world. 
And what's on his prayer list? You and me. That's pretty amazing. On that day, back then, 2,000 years ago, Jesus, knowing that one day you would believe, knowing that the Father had given you to the Son, knowing that you belong to Him, He's praying for you. Personally? You think personally? That the omniscient God might be praying for you personally? And not just for you, but for all who believe, for all who will believe, the whole ransomed church of God. So that's the who of the prayer request. Now the what. What, what is the specific request? Jesus is asking for oneness. Verse 21, that they may all be one. Verse 22, that they may be one. Verse 23, that they may be perfectly one. Is that tough to figure out? The, 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 the prayer request here is pretty obvious, isn't it? It's about oneness. It's about unity. So what is that? And again... It, 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 it almost seems like, well, this is kind of, is this kind of like Eastern religion where we're all one and in one and everything is one and all one, one is all of that? Is that, I mean, it's, we know it's not that. So what is it? I mean, is it just, let's all get along. Is, is that what it is? So you parents, you know, you're, you're driving on, you're driving on your vacation and, and the kids are in the back of the van, and, and you yell back, and you go, why can't your kids just get along? Is that, you know, have some unity. Is that, is that what unity is? Is it, is it just getting along? Is it, is it simply like camaraderie? Is it simply a, a, a sense of togetherness? So we all go out there and, and we wear our maize and blue and there we are, thousands and thousands of us and we're all in maize and blue and we're all going, go blue, go blue and we're all together, we're all sitting together, we're all cheering together, we're all waving together and is that, I mean, is, it, is that it? Just being together like that? So is that all it is? I mean, if that's all it is, is it a big deal? Maybe it's not. And yet, it's pretty clear from this passage in Jesus' final prayer with his disciples that this is a big deal to Jesus. And actually, it is a big deal to all of us also. And whether you're a Christian or whether you're not a Christian, it's a big deal to all of us. We all crave this thing called oneness or unity. And the reason that we do is because we were created in the image of a united, triune God. And we were created to be one in our relationships. That's how we were created. That's why we want it. And that's how it was with Adam and Eve. They were in the garden and they were in unity with one another. And they were in unity with God and everything was, was glorious and wonderful. It was paradise. And then along comes Satan. 
And his lie is, oh, unity, yeah, unity is great. But you know, you can really be united. You can really be one without God. And Adam and Eve bought that, and then we bought that. And ever since, we've been on this never-ending quest for unity apart from God. And it seems like it should work. I mean, it seems so simple, doesn't it? I mean, you say, why can't you kids get along? It just seems so simple. Why can't you just get along? Why can't you just, why can't we all just work together? Why can't we just respect one another? Why can't we just do what we're supposed to do and just, and just care for one another and just get along? And if we can't, can't we form a committee or a council or a coalition or have everybody sign an agreement and follow the same rules or something? It doesn't seem to be that complicated. And it doesn't seem to have anything to do with God or religion. Can't we just do it on our own by cooperating together with one another? Can we? How's that work? I mean, just look around you and see how is that working? Why isn't it working? We're missing something. We're missing the magic formula for finding what unity is. What is it that we're missing? Well, Jesus' prayer gives us the answer. Get this, verse 21. That they may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. Verse 22, that they may be one even as we are one. Verse 23, I am in them and you in me, that they also may become perfectly one. Unity, oneness, is rooted in the Godhead. It's rooted in the Godhead. Jesus' mission to earth was to bring the unity of the Trinity to the fragmentation of the world. The work of Jesus was to unite us with him who was united with the Father. Now, isn't that what verse 23 is saying? I in them and you in me. There is no unity without the Jesus that God sent. That's it. Well, can't we just all get along? Why do we need God? No, the source of it. It's all about Jesus. There is no unity without the Jesus that God sent. So that's the what of the prayer request. Now the why or the goal. What's the goal of the prayer? Of the request. Why, why unity? Verse 21. That the world may believe that you sent me. Verse 23. That the world may know that you sent me. That, that's, the, that's the goal. Our unity is to reach the world. 
You see, there is there's something convincing about unity. There is something that is very attractive about real unity that goes beyond go blue or let's just all get together. There's something attractive about that. There's something very convincing about the serving and the giving and the loving and the same mind, same heart kind of unity that's deeply rooted in something rather than just kind of a surface, let's all try to get along. And it's attractive to us because when we see it, it resonates with us. And it resonates with us because that's what we really do desire. We really do within us, no matter who you are, we really desire an inner unity in our relationships. And our, our fraud detectors go off. Our fraud detectors expose all of the fake attempts at unity. When we, we see all of these attempts to try to get together and make it work, and we go, yeah, 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 yeah. And our fraud detectors go off. And it's something that we really desire, all of us. And we are so tired of words like this. Dissension. Conflict. Disconnection. Stalemate. Division. Detachment, divorce, severance, arbitration. And all of those things leave us alienated and outside and, and leaves us alone. But what if, what if there was a community of people that lived out a genuine oneness. They lived out a genuine oneness because they had been brought into that oneness by heaven itself. What if that happened? What if a community welcomed in the lonely and the outsiders and the alienated and, and, and the divided? What if they welcomed in also the disruptors and the dissenters and the troublemakers? What if the church demonstrated a genuine unity for the world to see? That's what Jesus was praying for. That's what he's praying for here. Now, let me give you a picture Two pictures to contrast. First of all, a picture of a garden. Okay, but this garden is a bunch of individual pots, okay? And inside each of the pots, there is a, there's a plastic flower, plastic plant, okay? And they're all the same color, and they're all lined up. And they're all lined up perfectly. And they all look exactly alike, and the symmetry is great. And, and you look at all of those plastic plants there, and they're, and they're just, wow, look at them. That's just, that's just wonderful. Except they're not growing, and they're not blooming. And something's just not right there. I mean, they start to fade a little bit. 
And maybe it's because they're plastic and they're artificial and they're all individual and they're not rooted in anything. Okay, you got that? Okay, now compare that to a garden plot that has all of these different plants and flowers and they're all different kinds and they're all in different order and they're all some are taller and some are shorter and some are fat and some are skinny and they're and they're and they're all different different colors and all of that and they're not necessarily all lined up exactly right but there they are and they're they're growing and they're blooming and they're blowing in the wind and they have a they have a smell and they right and they're all this beautiful garden they've all been planted in the same soil they've all been watered by the same gardener they all look to the same sun and it's beautiful the variety the color the glory and it's real and we know the difference, don't we? True oneness is rooted in the oneness of the Godhead. So that's Jesus' prayer request number one. Prayer request number two. I desire that you be with me. Prayer request number two, Jesus says, I desire that you be with me. He's praying that to the Father. Got that? Jesus is praying that to the Father. Verse 24. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Now, let me ask you, are you included in that prayer? Are you included in what Jesus desires there? See, I think that probably everybody here wants to be with Jesus. And I think everybody here probably wants Jesus to be with you where you are. And I think everybody wants that. But I think the, I think the hard thing to believe... The incredible thing to believe is that Jesus wants to be with you. You get that? That's amazing. Jesus wants to be with me. Now, I love myself, I think, more than anybody else does. And I don't, most of the time, I don't really want to be with myself. But Jesus does. I mean, I come in. I come in on Wednesday night when we have our meals, and, so, and sometimes the tables are full. And I'm thinking, boy, if I sit down at this table by myself and start a new table, is anybody going to sit with me? Is anybody going to want to be with me? I don't know. I wouldn't want to be with me. And yet Jesus, this is Jesus is asking his Father if he can be with me. But not only that, Jesus wants you to be where he is. 
And where is that? Where does Jesus want you to be? Now get this. Jesus wants you to be where the glory is. Oh, okay. You got that? Jesus wants you to be where the glory is. Okay. Now glory is a really interesting word. Uh, especially in John. The word glory or the word glorified is used 28 times in the gospel. It's used nine times in John chapter 17. And usually when a commentator is trying to define the word glory, they don't do it with one word. They do it with several words. They do it with, uh, with several phrases and they, and they say, and what glory means here is, and then they string all these phrases together because the word glory is kind of hard to grab a hold of. And in our passage, Notice, the Father has the glory, the Son has the glory, we the church have the glory, and according to verse 24, the place of glory is where Jesus is. For those of you who remember when you uh, first started to fall in love, and you met that special person, it's very likely that you wanted to take that special person to your very favorite places you know the, the best restaurant i mean your special place i mean it's like this is I, I i just want you to see this you want to take that special person and you want to bring them along to the very best place just think about jesus doing that that's that's what jesus is doing he wants to bring you to the very best place the place of glory is where Jesus is. And where is Jesus? This gets complicated. Where is Jesus? Heaven. Yes. Earth. Yes. The cross. Yes. The Trinity. Yes. All of that? Is that what we were to read into John 17? All of that? Yes. Because Jesus is right in the middle of everything. And you say, that doesn't make sense. And I say, no, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense because Jesus, because this prayer is a high what? Priestly prayer. And what does a priest do? A priest is in the middle of everything. A priest brings together. A priest is the mediator. This is the prayer of the God-man. This is the mediator between heaven and earth. And the mission of Jesus was to come and to be in the middle of it all. Right? That's what he came to do. He came to bring heaven and earth together. He came to bring holy and sinful together. He came to conquer death and to bring life. And he did that. He accomplished it all. And then he ascended to heaven. And it was glorious. And he brings us into the very glory of it all. He brings us into that. He brings us into the finished salvation he brings us into eternal life. He brings us into he brings us into the fulfilled purposes of God. He brings us into the way things are supposed to be. He brings us into that situation that is, that is far greater than what you ever dreamed. 
He brings us into the very best place that there is. He brings us into the beauty of the Trinity. Through Jesus, we get caught up in the glory of the Godhead. Somehow. God, three in one, and there we are, not, not part of God, but there we are pulled into the unity and the oneness of the glory of the Godhead. Now, how do you picture that scene? I mean, that's, that's something. How do you picture that scene? Well, C.S. Lewis used the picture in talking about the Trinity. C.S. Lewis used the dance. He talked about the divine dance, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And somehow we're brought into that dance. Or, or maybe a better, maybe another picture is like, is like music. And you have the harmony of the Trinity. And we're brought right into the middle of the harmony. And we're surrounded by that perfect, beautiful music. Or maybe another picture would be a banquet, a glorious banquet. And the Trinity is at the banquet. And we're brought in and we sit down at the table of this lavish food that's laid out. All right, how do, how do you grab a hold of that? That's a little lofty, isn't it? I mean, Steve, you are flying at 50,000 feet. Glory in the Trinity. I think that's the text, but bring it down to earth. Okay, let me bring it down to earth. Not only is Jesus in the middle of the Trinity, but Jesus is in the middle of everything. Right? He's the creator of all things. All things are created for him. He holds all things together. He's the preeminence of, in everything. He is in the middle of everything. Of course, he's the mediator. That's who he is. He is in the middle of everything earthly. He is in the middle of your financial loss. He is in the middle of your cancer diagnosis. He is in the middle of your family crisis. He's in the middle of the severance package, the divorce papers, the custody hearing, the drug overdose, the hospital room, the jail cell, the playground fight, hashtag me too, in the middle of the loneliness and the pain and the confusion He's in the middle of everything because he came as the mediator to be put in the middle of everything. And he is bringing his glory to you. And if you belong to Jesus, he is in the middle of your stuff, whatever it is. And if you belong to Jesus, he is praying about you. Jesus, the God Jesus, praying to God the Father about you, do you think his prayer will be answered? If you don't belong, you can belong. 
by believing in this Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, it, even the word glory and unity, those words just seem so out there. Would you land them in our hearts, Lord? Help us not to be so lofty that we can't get it, but help us to see how lofty it is so we can see the beauty of it in, the, in what's often the ugliness of our lives. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming and doing your work and, and accomplishing it and bringing heaven and earth together. And even while we're not in heaven yet, even on this earth, Lord, give us a foretaste of that. Hear us as we sing praise to you. Amen. Let's stand together and sing in your Trinity hymnal. Number 295.
Amen. You may be seated. I'd like to ask Aaron if he would come forward and the elders. Aaron Korfmaker, welcome. He's already been accepted into church membership by the session. And uh, so this is just a uh, sharing of him with you, making sure that you all know him. And uh, I guess a lot of the elders are coming 1115. <laughs> okay, let me do this one. Okay. All right. Um, come over here. This is Aaron. Aaron is uh, uh, born in the U.S., Canadian. Okay, uh, he's with us. He is going to Puritan Reform Seminary, but he's also headed out back to Hamilton, um, where he's going to be doing an internship. Here, he's been involved in Grace Hill and some other things, and so we're glad to have him uh, joining with us. And I have questions to ask you. You've already been asked these, but we're sharing them with. Uh, so that we can all say them, kind of answer to them together. But do you acknowledge yourself to be a sinner in the sight of God, justly deserving his displeasure and without hope, through his, except through his sovereign mercy, do you? And do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God and Savior of sinners? And do you receive and trust him alone for salvation as he is offered in the gospel, do you? And do you now resolve and promise in humble reliance upon the grace of the Holy Spirit that you will endeavor to live as become the followers of Christ? And do you promise to support the church in its worship and work to the best of your ability? Do you? And do you submit yourself to the government of the church and discipline of the church and promise to strive for its purity and peace? Do you? Okay, you have heard how he has answered these questions. Now to you as the congregation, serious questions as we talk about unity and living it out before the world, especially in this community, here are these questions. Do you receive, do you receive these brothers, do you receive this, I'm reading this, do you receive this brother, I, I didn't edit this. Do you receive these brothers and sisters? <laughs> Do you receive this brother as your fellow member of Christ's church? Do you? And do you, you therefore promise to live with him and care for him according to the work of God and the grace of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit poured out upon all of us? Do you? Amen. All right, I'm going to pray for us. I'll have our elders uh, greet him in your behalf. And we're so glad to have uh, Aaron a part of us. Uh, he brings something different that's not in this church because every new person does. He brings his own gifts, his own personalities. He brings his own struggles and all of that. But we need him to be a part of us. And the Lord is the one who has united him to us. Let's give him praise. Lord, thank you for Aaron. Thank you that in, in the midst of a world in which people think that they don't need church and they don't need one another so often, 
that he sees the need to submit to you and to a body of brothers and sisters. Help him to do that well. Help us to be faithful to him as well. Uh, as a result of him being here, Lord, thank you for what you're doing in this church. And may we glorify you more and more now that he is with us. To the glory of your name. Amen. Now we mentioned a few other things that are going on in the life of the church. First of all, uh, happy Mother's Day to all of you. If you are a visiting mother, we're especially glad to have you here. Or if you are a visitor, we're glad to have you here uh, as well. Uh, we also have these uh, guest registration pads. If you would pass those down the aisle and let us know that you have been here, that's great. Um, Let's do, since it's the first thing in the week, let's do that. Let's do it now. Something's happening on Wednesday. Good morning. I'm Sharon Chamberlain. Um, we have a blood drive coming up on Wednesday, and we still have a lot of empty slots. And I know that I have talked to a lot of you personally, and I know many of you are not able to give blood, but I would just like you to remember how important it is that you are the only people that can supply that need. Um, I have a goddaughter whose little girl has lymphoblastic leukemia, and she's had to have platelets five times since January. The only place to get those platelets is people like you. And I'm not trying to tug at your heartstrings, but it's the truth. So would you please consider um, signing up for the blood drive? Thanks. And there's a table out in the foyer. So the men's ministry is uh, excited to be hosting a, uh, a four-person golf scramble on June 23rd. Um, we're looking forward to this to be in a, a, a great outreach opportunity um, for you know, maybe people that don't come to Christ Church, that uh, don't know the Lord, but they love the game of golf. Um, so we got a sign-up sheet in the back. Uh, it's, it's June 23, which is a Saturday morning. We're just going to play nine holes. So it doesn't get too lengthy. Um, so it's a great opportunity to spend a couple hours with a, with a group of guys, uh, really get to know them. And you can actually glorify God while playing golf. Yeah. It's, and it actually could be a really incredible testimony to somebody if you can, if you can pull that off. So <laughs> we'll let's make that our goal. So it's, it's like $31. It includes golf uh, with a cart and, uh, and lunch an early-ish lunch, and uh, we're just going to have an awesome time. So we'd like to get a, a good count as soon as we can, so in the next couple weeks, if you could uh, sign up, that'd be awesome. I can guarantee a beautiful golf course. <laughs> uh, he might be prejudiced. Okay. Uh, work day on Saturday, so come out and help clean things up uh, this Saturday, 9 o'clock to noon. Uh, put this on your calendar, May 27th, uh, Daniel Egelulu's uh, his ordination services are going to take place on that day. Uh, special services that will be taking place uh, in both of our services, 8.30 and 11.15. Between those two services, then, we're going to have a, a reception uh, for him uh, concerning his ordination. And then the ordination service will actually be at 5 o'clock 
in the evening at Grace Hill. So all of that is on May the 27th. You also may have wondered why did you receive this postcard in your email? It says Medical Guild and maybe you're not a medical person. Uh, well, it, uh, we want you to know some of the things that are going on in the outreach of the church. And maybe you're not a medical person, but maybe you know someone who is. And this medical guild is a great opportunity for us to reach into the medical community and be an outreach for the Lord. And uh, new residents come in uh, to begin on July the 1st. And so there's an event that's taking place on July the 7th. So just look this over, at least be praying about it, maybe share it with someone uh, who might be related to the medical, the medical field. Uh, also, June 3rd, uh, at 10 o'clock, we're going to have a high school graduation celebration, 10 o'clock, June 3rd. So let me just kind of tell you how it's going to go. On, on May 27th, that's Memorial Day weekend, at, in between the two services, we'll have the uh, reception for Daniel. On June the 3rd, in between the two services, we'll have the reception for the high school graduates. So regular service times then, and then, the, and then on June 10th is when we will, change, we will go to our summer hours, and I'll tell you what those summer hours are when we decide. But June, <laughs> June 10th is when we're go, we'll be uh, no Sunday school and, and uh, going to those summer hours. Uh, a big week for people in Christchurch, for all of us here actually, we need to be praying for the Gortmaker family. Uh, Nina Gortmaker found out this week that she has bladder cancer, uh, and she is going to have surgery on Thursday. We don't know a lot now, but we'll know more by then. So please be praying for Nina and the Gortmakers and the Harleys uh, for that on Thursday. Alice uh, Den Hollander is going to have her surgery on Tuesday, so please be praying for her uh, and her bout with cancer as well. So some big things to pray about. Uh, let's go to the Lord. Lord, thank you that you are in the middle of all of that. And it's hard for us, it's hard for them. And But you know what you're doing, you make no mistakes, and we do trust you. And we thank you for the life of the church and, and how we have fun times together and sad times together, and we share them all, and you're in the middle of it, and you're the head. And we thank you for that. Lord, for our tithes and offerings now, uh, we give them not because it's earning us something, but because you have earned it and you have been generous to us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.